you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Coming up next on Huddle and Flow. When I found out the Falcons wanted to interview me, I had no interest in interviewing for the Falcons job initially until I read the book. And then when I when I actually got on the interview and, and, and met Arthur Blank, he's everything is advertised. And, um, and, and I've gotten to meet his family, uh, and his sons and his daughter. I've gotten to meet most of his family and and they're, everything is advertised. So that's the type of person that you want to work for because, you know, it's bigger than football. He wants to win, uh, but he wants to do it the right way. He wants to build it the right way with, with the right people and, and win the right way. That's next on Huddle and Flow. All right, welcome to another edition of the Huddle and Flow podcast brought to you by Intuit, proud makers of TurboTax, QuickBooks, and The Mint. I'm Steve White with my guy Jim Trotter, two-thirds of the Howard Mob. Our man Thomas Warren, the final piece of the puzzle on the ones and the twos in the background. Jim, this is going to be an interesting one because, you know, we're, we're beyond the Super Bowl. So what's next? We go to free agency in the draft. It's all about building for... 2021 and we're going to be joined by new falcons general manager terry fontenot and, and this should be a good one because this is a guy we've heard about for a while a young gm one of the three black gms that were hired um real interested to see the the path he's going to take with his team and what could possibly be percolating around the nfl yeah the one thing about him steve you know is that he's well prepared for this moment uh spending 18 years with the saints 16 in, in personnel and um, he's got – I don't think this team is as far away as some might think. So it's going to be very interesting to see how – what he does with it. One thing we know, he wants to build a team that can be competitive, successful year in and year out. Uh, but does that mean you do it right away or do you have to lay more of a foundation for that to happen? So I'm intrigued to see what he does. But clearly, he's a guy who's paid his dues, who has learned along the way under some talented people. And I'm excited to see what's next for him. Yeah, Jim, I think this is a team that could compete while building. I mean, we've seen some teams do that because you look at a lot of their losses. 
last year. A lot of them were just numbskull plays or just failure to execute one or two things like the onside kick thing, Todd Gurley scoring. I mean, just little things like that. So to me, they're competitively not that far away, but at the same time with them holding the fourth overall pick, um, which they could trade to get more assets, they can continue to build. So it'll be interesting to see again, if they're going to do anything with Matt Ryan, if they're going to draft a quarterback, um, to back him up, we know Arthur Smith is the new head coach. He helped shape Ryan Tannehill's reemergence. So, what could happen in Atlanta? But, but on that note, too, I mean, we have, you know, some more conversations. Still, the Carson Wentz trade stuff is still out there. Russell Wilson talking about he wants to have say in personnel, and he's tired of getting hit. I mean, I love you, Russ, but bruh. You ain't the only one. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there getting their brains beat out. Um, you know, so you you are not unique to this right now. That was a very interesting while he was doing the Walter Payton Man of the Year media tour, he was saying these things. So this, I don't know what Russell was on. One thing we know about Russell is that he's very calculated and he thinks about things before he says it. So clearly there was a plan here to get this out now. Um, I don't think there's any problem with, with, you know, franchise quarterbacks saying, hey, can I at least be included in a conversation? But to make it sound as if you want to have some say in personnel, that, that's, that's a little different. <laughs> now, you can say I like a player or I don't or I work well with a receiver or I don't or something like that. But it, it, it has never been a player's responsibility to say, um, we, this is who I want, so go get him, or this is who I don't want, so get rid of him, that sort of thing. I don't know what Russell's play was here. I really don't. Yeah, I wonder if he was just a little, you know, hurt with the the the, the reports out there that teams have called the Seahawks about acquiring him in a trade. I'm sure teams call the Seahawks every year about acquiring him in a trade. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. Um, again, because Russell, as you know, you interview Russell oftentimes, you walk away, there's not much there in terms of me, no. you know, he, he, he'll he speak to you in generalities, if not cliches. And yeah, you filled your allotted time, but there's not anything newsworthy. Well, he's thrown out a few nuggets of late. So I don't know if he if he feels that he's, he's starting to get down the road in his career. I don't know if he feels like he's watching Tom Brady win a seventh Super Bowl. I don't know if he feels like that when he struggled over the second half of the season, folks started to wonder, um, is it Russell or is it the offense? There are just so many things that, that weren't addressed there that I would have loved to have known because this – Russell does not speak out of the blue, put it no, that way. No, he does not. He, he absolutely does not. This is very uncharacteristic. But I got to tell you, man, on the low – I don't even know if it's on the low. Seattle might be one of the most drama queen teams – in the NFL, every year they always got something on. I mean, Earl Thomas, Sherm, Marshawn, they always got something going on, Jim. No, but part of that is the culture they've created with Pete and with John. They want their players to be able to have a personality, to be able to speak. Um, they've never been one to kind of squash their players when it comes to saying what they feel or that sort of thing. So that's the culture that Pete from the get-go created. You know, they want alpha dog types. They want guys who who um, are going to push the envelope, those type things. So I'm not – I think they're okay with that. Knowing John and knowing Pete the way they do, 
I don't think they're losing sleep over this. And I think it's no. just sort of another log on the fire of what goes on up there. Yeah, on, on the long and short of it, Russell Wilson ain't going anywhere. He is going to be in Seattle next year. All right, Jim, on that, let's go ahead and get to our special guest because it's the first time that you know uh, either one of us are talking to him, especially in this role, new Falcons general manager, Terry Fontenot. All right, Jim, now we're joined by our special guest, and it's new Falcons general manager, Terry Fontenot. This is going to be great. Terry, thanks so much for joining us here on the Huddling Flow. Guys, I really appreciate y'all having me. Excited to talk. Yeah, so the first question, we're going to start out with a little fun right here. Okay, so you grew up in Louisiana. You played ball at Tulane. You went right from Tulane to working for the Saints. And now you are working for the Falcons. Have you been disowned by, like, any family members or anybody? Because we know that Saints-Falcons rivalry is real. You know, you know, the funny thing about it, I would have expected that. But right now, everybody, my friends, my family, they all want Falcons gear. They're all about uh, getting Falcons gear and they're excited about coming up here and going to games. I wouldn't have expected uh, this reaction from the family, but but we got a lot of Louisiana Falcons fans right now. Wait a minute. Even dad, because just a year ago, you were saying dad was going to be disappointed. <laughs> he, he couldn't support anyone but the Saints. Even dad is asking for Falcon gear. Yeah. Dad is all in right now. He's all in. Oh my all goodness! Right. You are a hey, a hey, Jim Terry's the Benny Hinn of like Falcons fans because he's put some hands on on Saints fans and converted them. <laughs> Telling you. <laughs> so so Terry, right right now we we just finished up the Super Bowl, and so it's it's you know I'm sure you're you're in draft meetings, you're in free agency meetings, and things like that. But I'd love to kind of get started on just your relationship now, the relationship building with new head coach Arthur Smith and kind of how you all are working collaboratively and, and how that's going and trying to, trying to lay the roadmap of what you guys want to do this offseason. That, that's really important. So so right now we, we just got the college scouts all in town and, and they're in, in draft meetings right now, starting that the, the pre-compound draft meetings. The pro staff is really grinding on getting ready for free agency and the coaches are all in their office really grinding on on the self scout, really working hard on this team. And so everyone's doing that. But then the next step in that phase is to get with the coaches and not only go through our roster with them, but also go through their prototype, what they're looking for at each position and, and, and really get detailed with it. Not, not just, uh, but really get detailed. Okay. This, this is what we call this position. This is what we're looking for because now as we're getting into this process of player procurement, whether it's pro or college players, the most important thing is to be on the same page with the coaches and have that clear vision. So we actually, a funny story real quick, we're sitting down with Dean Pease uh, yesterday and just before we even get into it, just him kind of going through his defense a little bit and, and, and what kind of players he likes. And he's talking about uh, Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. And I said, Dean, there's only two of them. That's it. There's only two. <laughs> so, but, but that's, that's a really important uh, part of the process, really getting with the coaches and understanding um, what they are. And, and not only that, but also blending philosophies. It's, it's cool. Even in the scouting staff, when we have people from, from Washington and Baltimore and, and in New Orleans, you have all these different, all these different coaches, like blending philosophies and, and not making it, making it what we do, making it our process and really taking the best of, of each area. But, you know, Terry, one of the things that I thought was so critical in New Orleans was a lesson that you guys learned were 
selecting players that fit the schemes and systems that you were running, as opposed to just who might be the best players, so to speak. Um, I remember having that conversation with Dennis Allen when he talked about bringing in guys like DeMario Davis and others who had specific skill sets to what they want to do. How, how how much is that an issue that you see around the league sometimes where personnel people get caught up in selecting a player who is a talented player but might not fit exactly what a club, a system or scheme that's being run? That's, that's a good point because we're not just collecting talent. We're not just – trying to bring in a lot of talent and figuring it out like we want to have a clear vision and have a clear plan. And, but I will say about whether we're talking about Dean Pease or Arthur Smith, they're going to have, Hey, this is our system. This is what we're trying to do. This is what we're working through. But also there's an element to let's get players that are smart, tough, highly competitive. They have the right makeup and they have the right skill set. and let's bring those guys and they're going to get the best of them. So th- there's never going to be a point where, again, whether it's with Dean or Arthur or Dave Ragone, where we have a really talented player with the right makeup and they might not fit in this particular box that we've created, uh, but we really like the player. They're going to want to bring that player in and and let's get the most of them. So it's important, yes, to be on the same page with the coaches, but there's also an element to bringing in players with the right makeup and the right skill set and let's figure it out. Tiff, what you do with the Saints, which is really in the, you know, the talent evaluation element of things and now you're you're overseeing the the whole operation what's what's kind of the the curve that you're on right now during this whole process you know what the most honestly the most difficult part about this right now is when you sit in this seat and and i was ready for it and i was prepared for it i knew it but when you sit in this seat people communicate with you a little bit differently and and people treat you a little bit differently And, and that's kind of tough to deal with because i I had a situation a couple of days ago. I asked somebody to do something and they did it. And that has nothing to do with their department. But instead of just telling me, hey, I don't do that, they just did it. You know, and, and so I want to get to a point where people can just be honest with me and 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 give me the feedback and and as opposed to just, hey, you're the GM, so I'm gonna tell you what you want to hear. So uh that's probably the toughest part right now. Just I want people to understand who I am as a person and and just speak freely with me and be open. Uh, because sitting in that seat, I can see a, a change in that dynamic. You know, Terry, I'm curious, um, 16 years in, in personnel, scouting and personnel, how have you seen the general manager role change over those 16 years? That's a that's a really good question. That's a really good question. And for me, I would say uh, I, I still look at the GM role the same way. I think it's all about player procurement. and And yet, there's so many other areas where it's about bringing in the right types of people. And it's, it's no different than whether you're talking about bringing in a player, Hey, you're going to assess the makeup and, and assess the skill set and, and determine the fit. It's just like that. in a lot of other uh, areas of the building, like we've added in some different areas of this building. Um, and as we continue to do that, it's kind of that same area. So where uh, a GM isn't just a personnel director, um, you're really the leader of an organization. And, and that's what's really important to be the leader of the organization and, and make sure, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. So make sure in every area uh, you have that right m- mindset, whether you're talking about uh, the equipment room or the training room or the weight room or the coaching staff or the, the players. It, it's all you have to have that same organizational philosophy. So I think uh, with a general manager, you, you're not a, a player personnel director. Uh, you're the leader of an organization along along with the head coach. 
you know, people talk about you being a, a people person. I just wonder what what are the traits or char uh, characteristics that are most important in interpersonal communication in terms of having successful relationships? That's, that's a great question. And I would say it's about understanding who people are and understanding what's important to them. So you have to you have to build those relationships and really get to know people in, in order to, to serve them, because I really believe I believe in servant leadership. And I believe as a general manager, you're really a servant to everyone in the organization. That's your job. It's my job to make give the scouts everything they need to be the best area scout, the best pro scout they can be. It, it, it's our job to it's my job to give whether it's the, the trainers, uh, give everyone everything they need to be successful. And that's the same thing with the coaches. Hey, we're resources for the coaches. I need to I need to make Arthur Smith the very best coach he can be and make all those assistant coaches the best they can be and 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 we're resources for the players and and so i think it's important to to learn people learn what's important to them build those relationships and ultimately i believe the best leaders are really servants um to everyone in the organization terry it's interesting you say that because you know we had arthur blank on the podcast um a couple months ago i know arthur well having you know spent time covering the organization and he talks about that servant leadership even even though he's the guy who writes the checks do you think that was part of the dot connecting, let's say in this interview process for them to say, you're the guy to help run this club. I really think it was. And and I read author's book before I came on the interview. Smart man. Smart but man. Someone, <laughs> someone told me to, to read author's book and, and I read it and, and I read it really quick and I got excited about it because when, for a person like me, that really all I do is football and my family, you know, I have four beautiful kids and a beautiful wife and, and so there's not enough time to really do anything else. I don't have any other hobbies, but football and family. So, and I'm a person that the way I grew up, I have really strong, I have a strong faith. I have strong core values and principles that I was raised with. And that came from, from my parents, from my siblings, from, from everybody in my path growing up, I have a really, uh, really strong core values. So when all I do is football and family, then I want to make sure that's intertwined in everything I do. And so I want to work for an organization that that prioritizes that, that that's important to. So that really spoke to me when I read his book and that got me excited about because I'll be honest, when I found out the Falcons wanted to interview me, I had no interest in interviewing for the Falcons job initially until I read the book. And then when I when I actually got on the interview and, and, and met Arthur Blank, he's everything is advertised. And um, and, and I've gotten to meet his family, uh, and, and his sons and his daughter. I've gotten to meet most of his family and and they're, everything is advertised. So that's the type of person that you want to work for because, you know, it's bigger than football. He wants to win, uh, but he wants to do it the right way. He wants to build it the right way with, with the right people and, and win the right way. Wait, we got to go back to that. Why initially did you not want to interview with the Falcons? We, it, was the, it was the Atlanta Falcons. It was our rival. And I didn't have any interest in it. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I had no interest in interviewing for the Falcons right away. But – Again, as soon as I, I read the book and then I start learning about the organization as opposed to just looking on the surface and it being a rival. And then I, I get on. And I, hey, what's really important to me? Because I'm not a type of person that just wanted to become a general manager just anywhere. That, that's never been important to me. I want to be work for, for the right organization and be a part of something special. And as soon as I read that and then I met uh, author Blank and I and I started meeting the people in the organization. I saw that this is something special. And then I was able to meet Arthur Smith and and then 
and now it's not even like some people ask, how does it really feel? And I don't even know how it feels. I'm excited because I get here and I'm a process oriented person. So my head, my head's down and I'm working on the process. And, and so I'm, I couldn't be more excited to be here right now. And uh, early on, it didn't feel like that before I, I got the interview, but now I couldn't be more excited. Well, Terry, you've seen the Falcons up close, obviously. They've had only two winning seasons in the last eight years. What has gone wrong over those eight years, in your opinion? Well, that's what we're going through right now, because you can't just focus on specific areas because you can't just focus on just on the field, on the players like it, it, it's, it's throughout the entire organization. And and uh, and that's what that's what Arthur Blank wants to do. He wants to he's willing. He wants to build it the right way and build a, a, a consistently uh, winning franchise with sustained success. And so we're going through that process in, in every area and making sure we have the right mindset um, to, to be able to have that type of sustained success. And Terry, uh, we say every area. Should, should I, wait, wait, wait. wait. Should, I let, should I let Terry get away with that, Steve? Nope. You, you've nope. seen him up close <laughs> twice a nope. year. I told you, I told you guys, before we got on air, I told you that I listened to podcasts and I listened to it because I told you all that. There's head coaches and there's general managers, and they tell you everything. They tell you what they're doing. They tell you how to build it. And you can get some good notes, but I'm not going to be that guy. I told you that. But you're still <laughs> you did, right? you, Exactly. You got to ask the question. Like, you know, the obvious question that every Falcon fan wants to know is Matt Ryan and Julio Jones going to be on this roster come come the start of next season? Those guys are good players and, and uh, both of Matt and Julio. And they've done a lot of really good things for this organization. So and, and look, we're going to add you're already smiling. Look at you. Uh -huh. <laughs> for me okay how about this you finish up tell me what i'm gonna say no if if, if, if not even knowing because people don't know this is the first time we've met but having read up on you having done some research on you my guess would be the answer to that question would be they're very talented players we are looking to have the best team that we can have and obviously you want the best players uh, possible, and we're going to do everything we can to make sure the Atlanta Falcons are successful, not just this year, but every year after. Bam. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? I, I will say this. I will say this. This is, we are in play, whether we're talking about free agency or whether we're talking about the draft, we are going to add to every position. Like, we'll build strengths. We're not afraid to build strengths. Like, we're going to add to every position. It's about adding. We want to be a culture of competition. And, and, and Arthur Smith has said it. We want to bring in smart, tough, highly competitive football players that are going to fit this culture. And, and, and they're going to and we're, we're going to do that at every position, whether it's quarterback, whether it's receiver. Uh, you look at Ron Wolf. He, he's you always bring in quarterbacks that don't you, you need to bring in quarterbacks, whether it's in the draft, whether it's in free agency or signing guys off the street. It's so important. Bring in quarterbacks a lot. Build strengths. Uh, Ozzie Newsome, bring in the best players available like these are. These are men that have had all that success, and it's about having the right 53. But we have to add competition in every position. So we're not going to be afraid um, to add to strengths. But both those players are are really good, and I'm, I'm excited to be here with those players. I'll try it this way with you, Terry. Are there any untouchables on the roster? Are there any untouchables? Correct. You, go ahead. Tell me, tell me no, what No, no, this, no, no. No, this time uh -uh. I'm going to let you answer this one. Are there any untouchables on the roster? <laughs> I, I don't think there's any I, I don't think you'd ever be in a situation where you would say somebody's untouchable. That's not the right culture. Right. If if you're building a, a culture, like I said, of competition, 
and then then that doesn't make sense to have um to say that this person can't be touched but but look i believe we have a lot of good people in this building right now uh, a lot of good players that have the right mindset and we're going to supplement this roster and add to the roster and, and we're, we're working to build this team for what sustained success <laughs> so, so terry one of, the, one of the big conversations you always hear on the falcons the offseason oh their salary cap situation is crazy so if you if you could explain a little bit about the manipulation of that, especially not knowing, you know what the cap is going to be. Let's assume it's one hundred eighty million dollars. How you have to kind of finesse that with some of that roster building as well, because you know there's always shed, there's always attrition, and then how you can get into this market in free agency? Because a lot of people think it's going to be a slow played free agency market because you're trying to depress some salaries to get guys in on maybe a one year lesser salary deal. And, and that's going to be a part of those that decision making process, because you do. There's always a way to 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 make it work for this year. But at some point you're kicking it down the road. At some point it's going to come back and, and you're going to have to um, pay those prices. So we have to again, our goal is to have sustained success. So we're going to work hard to do the right things. Again, we want to get the most competitive team on the field this year, but we don't want to make decisions in 2021 that are going to hurt us in 2022, 2023 and moving forward. So we're going to have that that big picture uh, mindset and we're going to we're going to make sure we make decisions for sustained success. But but there's always ways to um, to, to, to work your hardest to um, to make things work and to make sure you can continue to add good players uh, through the offseason. You know, Terry, I don't have to tell you, you're the you're the first black general manager in the history of the organization. What is the significance of that to you? It, it, it's so significant. And. And, you know, I actually got I got emotional on my press con during my press conference. And I think the reason I did is because that was the first time I'm, I'm such a process oriented person. And I and I really sometimes I'm focused so much on the moment and the process and I'm thinking about what I have to do next. And so even as soon as I get the, the general manager job with the Falcons right away, I'm thinking about staff and I'm thinking about my first steps in the first 60 days and what we need to do. And, and, and what so I'm focusing on those things to where I don't even to take a second to really be in the moment and just and, and just appreciate um, the magnitude of, of the situation you're in. And so when I was on my press conference, when I actually said it out loud, that's when I got emotional. And that's when I kind of realized it. And my son. So, so I did the press conference. And so I'm at I'm in this office and my son is is right across from me. He's sitting there and he's looking at me and he wants to be a GM. He's nine years old and he has opinions on every football team and every player. And and, and, and he he's so he's. And he's been since he was since he could walk. He's been sitting in my office on the couch, hearing the conversations with the coaches and watching players. So in his mind, that's what he wants to do. And so when I'm when I'm talking about this and I'm looking at my son and 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 I look, I got three daughters too, and they might end up wanting to be GMs. And but when I'm looking at looking at my family, that's when it really hit me how important it really is. And and I really look at this like and I explain that to them is that there are no. It, it's not about accomplishments. It's about opportunities because I have to take this like this is an opportunity, but I have to make sure I, I handle this the right way because it's not fair to my son or my daughters or a lot of other people if I don't handle this the right way and make sure I do things the right way so they can have those opportunities moving forward. I mean, that, that's brilliant. That's brilliantly said because, you know, sometimes, especially, you know, diverse candidates when they get opportunities, they're not like you. Like when you said, you know, hey, I, I want to be in the right spot. I'm going to choose to go where I think is the right spot. Some people just take the job because it's there. They may not ever get it again. And so I think that is important that you were able to kind of finesse that and understand that this is 
a huge opportunity. I want to change gears just a little, move it a little bit towards the draft process, and that's the evaluation without the combine and only having pro days and, and doing this in this really odd environment where some schools only had five games. A lot of schools aren't didn't start until like last week, especially some of the like HBCU programs. So how is it about, you know, you've been doing this for a while, but evaluating the college athlete and the college prospect um, under these circumstances? That's, that's really tough because that's, that's all a part of it. Like wanting to get out and wanting to put your hands on the players and, and be around them and, and, and be in the buildings as much as possible and talk to everyone in the buildings. That's, that's all a part of the process. That's one of the first things when, when the college staff got here today and we're talking about them, I know they haven't been able to do everything they would have normally done in this year. And, and yet they worked hard. And what I, what I will say is everybody's it's an even playing field. And so everyone's doing the same thing. So, so we have to just make sure we maximize all the opportunities. And there are some benefits. <clears throat> too, there are some things moving forward that we're going to continue to change. Like, like, look, the zoom interviews and that whole process, that's really, that's really valuable. And you can get a lot of good information and you get it back to back. So you're getting apples to apples on the player. So there's some advantages and there's some good things, but not being able to, 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 to go out as much. And, and, and again, the combine, like you th- there's some scouts that have been doing this for, for 40 years and not going to the combine that uh, they can't believe that. But, but, but I will say everybody's has the same, um, everybody's going to have the same opportunities. Everybody's going to, be dealing with the same thing so we just have to make sure we maximize the process as much as we can and get the right information so we can bring in some good falcons you know terry jc treader the president of the nflpa said recently that what this uh, what what COVID has taught him at least is that players don't need to be on the field in the off season as much as teams have had them on the field particularly veterans i'm wondering from your standpoint do you agree with him or is there a, a middle ground that can be found where teams can be smarter in terms of how do they utilize Zoom and other things, virtual meetings, and limiting the wear and tear of, say, some of these veterans who are out there in the offseason for the on-field workouts? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, and I think it's a loaded question. I think there's so many levels of it because uh, there's also the part that, hey, if you talk to a strength coach, they're going to say, I want to get those guys as soon as possible to make sure um, we have them prepared for um, so, so, so we're, we're preventing injuries and we're getting them prepared, especially, say, a young guy, getting them in your program and getting them going. And there's a part of, of building those relationships, getting the players together. So um, I, I think there's so many different um, angles you can approach that with. But I just feel like from my standpoint, the way I look at it is, is hey, t- tell us tell us what we can do and then we're going to take it and we're going to maximize it and get the most of it. So Terry, having that fourth overall pick, this is now you're in a draft spot. You're really not used to having been with the Saints and the success that you guys have had down there for so long. What type of chip is that? And of course, when I say that, you're in a prime spot to take, you know, an elite guy, but you know, especially in this quarterback type of market, your phone's gonna be ringing a little bit, right? Some people are gonna be throwing some bait your way to see if you're gonna bite. And and you, I mean, really, you're in a position of strength at, at number four, just coming in. And doing everything you guys are going through right now, process-wise, what kind of chip is it to be at that at that number four spot? Yeah, that, that's a great question. It's so valuable and it's so exciting to be right there because you're right. We don't want to be we don't want to ever be picking in the top five again. We want to be picking at the bottom of the rounds uh, of all the rounds. So this is it's really valuable, and we're in a position that 
hey, we can take, we want to build this roster the right way. And we, we're going to think long-term. So nothing's really off the table. Um, whether you talk about taking uh, the best player on the board or, or, or moving down, or I think everything's wide open. And so it, it's a, it's a great, it's a great spot to be in. And, and, and we want to make sure we maximize that and, and have a hell of a draft because we don't expect to be there anymore. You know, Terry, we all know it's a quarterback driven league and yet, I think this offseason we're going to see quarterback movement like maybe we've never seen before. Why do you think that is now? Um, because teams used to treat that as, as an untouchable position, essentially, as it relates to franchise guys. We've already seen Stafford move. We're hearing that Carson Wentz is going to be moved. Deshaun Watson is asked to be moved. Um, why do you feel now teams are much more willing to, to play musical chairs with quarterbacks? That's that's a really good question, and and it's it's still I don't want to say surprising to me, but it is such an uncommon year with with that going on, and that such a critical uh, position and such an important position, um, and and it's look it's uncommon to say the least, and and I can't really tell you why that's happening, uh, but 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 it's going to be interesting to see it play out. And, and just on that note, without you know, we, we see you know Jim mentioned Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, but also seems now that the players are, are the, the, some of these NFL quarterbacks are going NBA style, saying, "Hey, I, I I want out," and they're trying to flex a little leverage right here. Is it a potential trend, or is, are these just unique situations? I think I think they're unique situations um, because it's it, it all depends, and and when there's so much movement with with uh, with different coaches and, and and different GMs and different schemes and. And uh, I think that that adds a little bit to it. Um, look, I, I would think I, I don't know if that's just something that's just happening right now in this moment or if it's going to be a trend moving forward. But uh, but again, definitely uncommon, to say the least. All right, Terry. Hey, we we appreciate you joining. You know, since it's the first time we weren't we weren't going to squeeze you too tough when you came to political. You and Keisha Lance Bottoms, you could be her, her next speechwriter. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this was great, man. This was great. We really appreciate you taking the time because we know you're super busy right now. We wish you all the best. And, Jim, this man here converted some Saints fans to some Falcons fans. So if he can do that, I think the Falcons are in really good shape. I'm, I'm telling you, I have a list of, of, of people all the way from Lake Charles, Louisiana, where I grew up, all the way through New Orleans, that I have a list of people that I've already told, told my wife we got to get them hats and shirts because I'm getting a lot of – a lot of requests. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of black and red um, in, in Lake Charles, Louisiana, all the way up to New Orleans. How, how deep, how deep's the list? It's deep. It's deep. Dozens, <laughs> dozens, hundreds. Here's the thing, Steve. I don't know if they're going to actually wear it, if they're just saying that to be nice. <laughs> and look, like I said, with my dad, he's telling me he's all in, but who knows? He, he, he might still be stuck on, stuck on New Orleans, but, but look, there's a lot of, uh, I've gotten a lot of awesome, positive feedback. And uh, my son, I've got a picture of him. My wife sent me the other day, and he's sleeping with a – he's got one of the flat black Falcons helmets. They're really cool-looking one. Oh, uh, those are great. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's um, my, my family's all in. There's a lot of uh, people in Louisiana that are all in. Oh, that's, that's awesome, awesome man. That's awesome. Well, Terry, thank you so much for joining us, and all the best. We're going to circle back and have you on again after the draft to see how uh see how things went that sounds great that sounds great appreciate you guys
Steve, what an impressive guy. Um, I'm surprised after having this interview with him that it took him this long to become a GM. But um, just somebody who's very thoughtful, very learned, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he's going to do. Because, again, I think they're not that far away. But it's funny. The one thing I knew about him going in the interview doing my research is that he reads and listens to all of the media trying to pick up nuggets while not giving any out on his own. And so that's why, you know, I, I kind of, like he said, when I was smiling, when he was answering things, because I knew, okay, here it comes. It's kind of that, I'll almost say, it's almost like that Russell Wilson talk where, you know, they're, they're filling up your notebook, but not really saying anything, you know? But that was kind of good, though. He was just like, oh, I listen and I read because you, you can get some good information right there. So that's a great sign. And I'm telling you, Jim, if he can convert some Saints fans to some Falcons oh. fans, even if he wears the gear, I'm I'm like I, I said in an interview, that's like Benny Hinn putting hands on somebody. Dude, <laughs> it, for his dad to flip right? like that, I'm, I mean, because he had just said just last season, his dad had told him, I'll be disappointed if you go anywhere else. And if it's in the division, basically, the, the, the intimation was, I'm not having it, you know. So it's going to be interesting when the Saints and the Falcons play off, particularly in New Orleans, how that goes down. Well, he said he didn't even want to interview with the Falcons because they were the Falcons. But then he read Arthur's book. It's a good book. We both read it. So that 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 is that is absolutely hilarious. But we want you know we I, I just want to wish him the best because this yes. that's a challenging situation. Um, their cap situation is is all over the place. They got the four pick. So they're going to be a team to watch come draft day. I, I really think, um, you know, they could use the pick. Could they go quarterback? Could they move back to stack assets? Uh, going to be very interesting uh, to see what Terry Fontenot does. But we know that they think highly of him. And, you know, we know Arthur Blank, too. And he clearly is a culture guy. Here's the, that, And that's the thing. This is why I'm intrigued by Terry Fontenot. Because on the one hand, you know, He's a guy who learned under Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. And the one thing we know about those two, particularly even as it relates to Drew Brees down the road, down the stretch, um, um, the finish of his career, is that they treated Drew right. There was a respect there for the player in terms of, hey, we know your play has started to diminish a little bit, but we're not going to run you out of here. In essence, we're going to let you decide when you're ready. And now he's got a guy like Matt Ryan who has done so much for the franchise in terms of building the bridge from Michael Vick to where they are now, those sorts of things. How much does that come into play in terms of what they do with him, if anything? Same thing with Julio Jones. He's a franchise-type guy. He's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. How much does all that play into whether or not you keep a guy or you let him go? And and look, I covered the Chargers for a number of years, and I and the thing that was most disappointing is that many times when their franchise players left, they left on bad terms. And there are some tough decisions sometimes that have to be made, and I'm fascinated to see how the Falcons handle these two situations. Yeah, Vincent Jackson on line one, Jim. Vincent Jackson, Junior Seau, LaDainian Tomlinson, I mean, right. Kellen Winslow. I mean, I could just keep going down the list. It was so unfortunate that that these guys didn't leave on good terms. It, it really is. All right, Jim, well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. And you know, hopefully we're going to have some more general managers on here as we you know, get into free agency and get into the draft and to see how these guys are scouting uh, in these just peculiar you know, evaluation circumstances. But, Jim, why don't you go ahead and bring us home? 
Well, once again, we, we thank you for listening. We thank you for subscribing. Please continue to leave comments. Let us know who you'd like to hear from, what you'd like to hear us discuss. And that way, we can give you more of what you're funking for. That's right. That's right. We're going to continue to have a strong lineup of guests coming up in the offseason. The games aren't being played, but the huddle and flow is going to keep on doing business. So don't turn your dial. Don't go looking for anything else. Keep telling other people about it because we are going to keep bringing it to you. All right. This is a huddle and flow podcast brought to you by Intuit, uh, makers of TurboTax, The Mint, and QuickBooks. For Jim Trotter and Thomas Warren, I am Steve White. We are the Howard Mob. And we are out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.